Well, good morning, everybody. You can be seated. So glad to be together. Uh, we are going to have a great day as a church family. We're going to be celebrating today. It's going to be a little bit sermon light, but celebration heavy. And if you're a guest today or if you're watching online, we're just glad you're with us. And we hope that today will encourage you about God and God's faithfulness. Now, about five years ago, uh, I was with some staff and we were off site and we were talking about the church. And one of the topics we were talking about was our mortgage debt. And at that time, we had about $2.5 million in debt. And we just knew that that was something that was limiting the ministry. It was limiting what we feel God was calling us to do. We felt kind of shackled or leashed to that. And so that started a process for us to be praying more diligently and intentionally about getting out of debt. And that day with the staff, uh, what we did is we all scattered at the location we were at, and we grabbed a rock. And on that rock, we wrote down the expression uh, that we felt would help remind us to be praying about our church mortgage debt and how to eliminate that. Mine said, open season on debt. And so we all got these rocks, and then we took them to our offices or somewhere else and just left them out so that when we see them, it would trigger a reminder to be praying about getting out of debt as a church. And then what followed the months and the, really the couple years after that was more discussions at a, as a, at a leadership level with our elders and our leadership team. And what came out of that was our two-year campaign called Unleashed. And uh, just a reminder, and just to update those of you who maybe weren't here or you're brand new, this has been a two-year campaign that our church did, and uh, we wanted to eliminate the debt, but also move the needle in ministry in some other ways, so we, we tied three initiatives to it. And the first was an initiative for the next generation, and so we wanted to eliminate the debt and then repurpose the money we were paying toward our mortgage debt back into ministry and especially put some extra toward uh, the next generation ministries to impact our children and our teens specifically in that area. And so that was one part, one initiative with Unleash, as we know. The second was the nations. Uh, we have an unreached people group in Indonesia that we've been sending teams to for years, but we found that we would have an opportunity to partner with the Wycliffe Bible translators to start the process of translating the Bible and the language of the people group that we adopted. And so that would be the second part of Unleash. And the third was the neighbors. Uh, we feel called to be a church of multiple campuses, and so we need to launch the next campus. And so in becoming a church of two campuses, we wanted to set aside some funds that would be dedicated to the startup of our second campus in another location. And so that's all that came about with the Unleash initiatives. And so uh, where does that leave us? Um, I want to let you guys know that uh, I get to share with you the official total of what came out of the Unleash um, efforts that we all made together. Now, $2 million was our goal. And so here's what we raised through Unleash to date. $2,435,047.70. So praise God for that. That's exciting. And so today is just a, a moment of, of celebrating that. You know, we're just saying every giant will fall. Well, the mortgage debt felt like a giant, and then we were tethered to that. And so that giant has fallen, and now that it's eliminated, we want to keep moving forward. So uh, it's very appropriate to do the traditional note burning with that. And so I'm inviting Brian to come up. He's going to bring a note. And then uh, Pastor Greg's also going to be joining me up here. Now, I do need to say, uh, there before I ever arrived here, uh, there's a story I keep hearing about. There was a fire on the stage, and since then, fire's been banned. Well, we're removing the ban today. We're going to have fire, all right? And so um, I'm going to invite Pastor... <laughs> so we are ready to light 
this mortgage, mortgage loan. Now, we did, see, did you guys see the picture? There's a picture of our team uh, a while back cutting the last check uh, to pay off the loan. And so everyone smiles because that felt really, really good. But uh, we want to get rid of this, this, um, this note. And so let's have some real fire, Greg. Don't, don't, don't start to. I didn't sleep last night. <laughs> so let's see if this bad boy works with us and cooperates. It's starting to curl, starting to burn. No, baby, let's go, baby, let's go, baby. And there it goes. Yeah. It's on fire. <laughs> so we're very grateful for that. So it looks like we don't need that after all, but Yeah, you can use it for deodorant. <laughs> so, all right. So thank you, guys. So um, where, does, where does that leave us? Um, extra funds. Extra funds. And uh, so some of you are like, but I didn't get my pledge committed or I still want to give, we're still going to receive money even though the, the campaign is officially closed. And anything that comes in extra over that amount is still put into those three initiatives. Uh, that's what that money has been dedicated for, earmarked for. That's what will happen. So, uh, But what are we going to do and what have we been doing with some of the margin that Unleash has created? <laughs> I was talking to a guy uh, before the service started. He said they were on the lake and uh, were, him and a buddy, they were on the lake and they were out there rowing and talking and, and all of a sudden a boat goes by, a big nice boat. And there was a bald guy driving it. And on the back of the boat, you no know, kidding, it said unleashed. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's what he did with the money. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it's not, it's not what we're doing. It's not what we're doing. We want to look a little closer at those three initiatives and just some of the traction that we've had. Now, this is just a glimpse. We know that God has done more and will continue to do more. But we want to look a little closer at each of these three initiatives and then offer a prayer of thanksgiving around that and pray for that initiative. So let's start with the next generation piece. Hello CBC, my name is Lauren Meyer and I work in the CBC Youth Department. So as we look back on 2019, we're grateful to see that 26 students have professed faith in Jesus Christ this last year. And 14 students went public with their faith and were baptized. Back in August, we had the opportunity to do an overnight training with our youth group leaders. Nothing fancy, we stayed at a local camp in Southern Ohio, but it was the first time in a while that we had an opportunity to pray together, to learn and to train um, all together. We also provided every leader with a small book called Brand New. It's a 40-day devotional that's geared towards students that have just given their life to Christ for the first time. In the past, we've tried to use free online solutions for someone who just accepted Jesus, but we've only, saw, we've only used it with mediocre success. But with the funds from Unleash, we're able to purchase these little tools for students to grow in their walk with Jesus. Finally, we've been able to grow our second Sunday outreach event. Having the budget to create events that students actually want to bring their friends to is not only a blessing, but it's changing lives. In 2019, we saw more CBC students bring friends and those friends stick around than we have in the past decade. So I want to share a little story with you about how senior Chloe Putritz has been using these resources um, to invite another CBC student to new life in Christ. So I got to know Kaylee through her cousin at summer camp um, and over the summer we were talking, you know, a little bit every now and then. And from the beginning I could tell she was not very open to the gospel or to the Bible and I talked to her about it and she said she wasn't. But I started having Bible study and I was going to invite her cousin and I was like, well, you know, I might as well invite Kaylee. Throughout the Bible study I started asking her questions and I noticed she was really engaged. Um, and so that kind of pushed me to be like, okay, I need to pursue Kaylee. And then on a second Sunday, I saw her standing by herself, which was really rare because she's always with her cousin. And I was like, okay, this is a good opportunity. I'm going to go talk with her. Um, so we just started talking and I started asking her about her past and I started talking about all about the gospel with her. 
and um, she started asking me questions you know, for the Holy Spirit. Um, and then finally at the end I said, Kaylee, what is holding you back to become a Christian? You're so excited about this. And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, do you want to pray to become a Christian? And she was like, yeah. So we went into Lauren's office and we got to share um, how Kaylee accepted Christ. It was super exciting. Um, and we actually got to give her this brand new book. Um, and it's really cool because immediately as she got it, she was super excited about her faith. She even went public with it on social media. Um, I see her coming to church every week in the life group. And it's just really cool to see a new life in Christ. I'm super excited about it. So thank you, CDC, for giving Town Leash. We look forward to see how God will continue to use these students to impact the world for Jesus Christ. Hi, everybody. I'm Denise Petak, Children's Minister here at CBC. And first of all, I wanted to start by just saying thank you to you and to the Lord for your generosity through Unleash. I like to tell people that I came with the building because I started shortly after our current campus was built. Well, truth be told, most of the resources, furnishings, and equipment in our CBC Kids area was here even before me. With your Unleash funds, we've been able to replace and or update many of our classroom items, some that were literally duct taped together. I've been able to do things I could only dream about in the past. A few examples, our CVC Kids was able to increase our equipping of volunteers through professional training opportunities. We were also able to increase our safety while children are in our classrooms by purchasing two-way radios and safety lights for all our rooms. Your generosity allowed us to create a family resource center in the lower level, foyer. Please step down and check it out. I love seeing our children and parents playing down there and looking at our resources. We are enjoying the opportunity to have access to new curriculum resources. We love equipping parents and teaching your children God's big story. Your generosity has allowed CBC to financially support our CBC Kids Outreach events. We were able to host over 1,300 children for our annual sports camp. And we are expecting over 250 special needs guests and their caregivers at our annual Tim Tebow Foundation Night to Shine in just a few weeks. Not having to worry about how we're going to fund these outreaches has been such a burden lifted. Honestly, I was initially slow to use our new funds. We were so used to making do with what we had. It literally took me to the end of 2019 to use most of the new money. It's been such a blessing seeing the children enjoy our purchases and such a blessing knowing that our CVC kids, teachers and staff are better equipped to help you as you lead your children to new life in Christ. Thanks again for your generosity. I look forward to seeing your legacy of giving bear continued fruit in the years to come at CBC. Yeah, so we're grateful for that. So we're grateful for that, grateful for the increase. And uh, this is Chip Bell. He's one of our elders, but he also serves in the children's ministry and invests in students. But would you just lead us in prayer and thank God for his provision for this? Yeah, absolutely. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, for lifting the burden of debt mm -hmm. on this church, Lord God. Your word says that the borrower, the borrower is a, a slave to the lender, Lord God. And today, Lord God, we celebrate that we are free of debt, Lord God, just in the same way that you made us free of debt. 
by making us your children of God, Lord God, we just thank you for that, Jesus. And we thank you for the teachers and for those who are involved in our youth, Lord God. We just know that your word tells us that we're supposed to teach our children that to write your law on their hearts, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that this church is faithful to that, Lord God. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to bring more youth that are don't know you as their Savior, Lord God, that our people here can pour into those children and show them the true life of Christ, that they can serve you throughout the, all the days of their lives. And we ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chip. So that's exciting to see what God's doing there. And the next initiative we want to take a peek at is the nation's peace. And with the nations, again, this is our unreached people group uh, in Indonesia. Uh, the island is called Pearl Island. It's actually not literally named that. That's a that's safe language. Also, we refer to the people group as the solely people. Uh, but because of the not wanting to jeopardize the work there, we have to be very cautious with the safety language so that this doesn't actually get out and jeopardize uh, the work that's taking place on the island. And so we know that the Bible translation to that people group will really move the ball. We've already uh, heard stories of people coming to faith in Christ uh, because of even the process and trying uh, even some of the new passages out in the New Heart language. And so God's already using the process of the translation, even though the translation is not even complete. And so on this video, you'll see some initials. You'll see uh, some of that safe language. You'll see screenshots and video shots where it's only like half a face. It's not because the videographer didn't know, didn't know what they were doing. Um, we're just trying to preserve some of the um, integrity of the mission by not exposing who's doing the work. So let's watch a little bit about what God's doing through the nations. Hey CBC, so Unleash is done. Well done. The impact that we're going to have because of Unleash is going to far exceed anything that's going to happen within our church walls. And that's really exciting. We have raised enough money to have the Bible translated in the heart language of a people group that's never had it before. How exciting is that? So well done. Thank you for your generosity. What you're going to watch now is a quick video. I had an opportunity to go to uh, the island and see the impact that the Word of God is already having. So great job, enjoy the video. So we're here standing uh, at, a, at a really nice view of the city. And behind me you have the more populated areas of the island. And if you look closely, you can just see how dotted throughout the entire city, there's mosque after mosque after mosque. And so you can just see the presence of, uh, of the religion just being so strong here. Yeah, so one big way that the translation will be a game changer here on Pearl Island will be that it can connect with a lot more people. For whatever I share and using the national language, and so uh, there's some people that are not understand. They read it in their personal language and in their uh, mother language. It touched their heart. It touched, it spoke it like really deeply into their lives. A lot of people on this island still uh, don't speak the national language. Sometimes we'll get into conversations with people up far further out in the villages who still just speak the local dialect, the local language. I want to thank you guys for being a part of this process of bringing the word into the heart language. We just got a chance to sit at a house where uh, the 30-year-old son and his wife uh, and his mother um, reading your word. And to sit there when, when the grandma, she doesn't speak the national language, she speaks the local language only, and her son are taking the word of God and they're translating into their heart language. And two people are hearing it for the first time. We're working together to tell the story so that they can understand it. 
So when we put the word before that, it is life changing. And uh, so we thank you. Thank you for being a part of And so uh, we take for granted that we have God's word just easy for us to reach and grab and, and, and this people group doesn't have that. And so we're seeing God already using the translation. So Larry is also one of our elders and also serves uh, with the ministries. And so Larry, would you just offer a prayer of thanksgiving for that, what God's provided? That'd be sure. great. Holy Heavenly Father, you are awesome and amazing. Lord, you take a group of once lost people, you bring them together to worship you and serve you here at the corner of Wallings and 77. And you call us to go even beyond, Lord. You call us and miraculously you take us from more than a million dollars in debt, Lord. You call us not just to erase that, Lord. You call us to do even more. And you give us the privilege, Lord, of being able to fund your word into the native language of the solely people. Lord, your word is eternal. It is unchanging. The single act that you've moved us to allows us the privilege to reach not this generation, just this generation, but generations beyond forever, because that word will stand with the solely people forever. And so, Lord, we humbly come before you praising you and thanking you for moving us, knowing that your word, living and active, will work and do your work while we are not there. Your work will do, your word will do the work. And so, Lord, we come before you and thank you, praise you, praise you for the souls that have already been one to you already there on Pearl Island. And we praise you with great anticipation for the great works that will continue to come for the people that will be one to you and that the people of Pearl Island will once not be an unreached people, but will be a fully reached people praising you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for the privilege of serving you. In your blessed name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Larry. So that's what we've seen a glimpse of so far with the next generation and with the nations. And now we get a glimpse of what it's going to look like with our neighbors. And so you know that we've been talking about campuses for years and it felt like God's called us to start to replicate in the region. And so our uh, next campus is going to be launched in the Strongsville, Brunswick area. And the campus physically is going to be located in Strongsville. We, we still are trusting the Lord to show us exactly where that building will be. Uh, but already the people because we know that the church is the people, not the building. The people are gathering. And uh, we're, not, we're not just launching a church service. We're launching a campus. It's a group of people that will, as missionaries, interact with the community and make a difference. So we're praying and hoping that people will come to faith in Christ even before the very first service of that campus. That we'll see some baptisms uh, from people in that region before our first service in that area even takes place. But it's going to involve people. And so we have a missionary core team. And we're going to be commissioning them at the end of the service and just really releasing them to do ministry in that area. But that's a significant commitment because they're in a typical rhythm of familiarity and comfort here. So to step out and be part of a new work is uh, very challenging and it's a courageous thing to do. So uh, we know God's called us to it. We're trusting him for it. But here's one example of what that looks like as we're trying to reach more of our neighbors for Christ. So let's watch that piece. Hi, I'm Matt Dolezal, and this is my wife, Sarah. For those of you that don't know, um, a campus is one church in two different locations. We'll have the same overall structure. We'll just have a campus in Broadview Heights, and we'll have a campus in Strongsville. So when we first heard about the campus, I would say our initial thoughts were of intrigue. 
Um, we selfishly thought, oh, maybe our commute will be shorter, maybe our Sunday mornings will be a little less hectic. So I guess it wasn't for about a year and a half or so after the Unleash campaign kicked off and Josh approached us about uh, becoming part of his missionary core team. It, it became real at that point. It became something that we we had to become prayerful about together as a couple and, and to really consider and count the cost of leaving Broadview Heights. We value the Broadview Heights mm -hmm. location so much. We've both grown in our faith tremendously at, at CBC and Broadview Heights. Um, we've developed some really wonderful friendships and church family in this new season of parenthood. But if we believe that God is who his word says he is, that he's sovereign, that he's the creator, that he is all in all, everything that we need, then it's the easiest decision for us. And once we got past ourselves and our our discomfort, we saw this opportunity for what it really was, a, a, a calling from God to go. Um, and so, so we're taking that step of, of obedience to demonstrate our love and to be and to be good stewards of, of knowing this gospel and sharing it with our neighbors. So I guess our challenge for all of you is what is the Lord calling you to? What is something that you can do to step out of your comfort zone? Are you thinking about leading a life group and you never have, you've always just been a part of one? Step up and lead. Do you want to join a life group where you're not even in one? Do it. If you're hearing the Lord nudging you to join this campus, do it. Because we know that the good will outweigh any of the discomfort and any of your um, uneasiness or reservations about it. Just do it. Don't sit back and be comfortable. Take that step of faith. Take that step of obedience and follow the Lord's calling for your life. So that's just a glimpse of what God's doing through Unleash to reach our neighbors through that campus. And so our founding pastor, Rick Duncan, is going to just offer a prayer of thanksgiving and, and prayer. You guys appreciate it for this man and just how God's used him in the history of this church. And Thank you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the good gifts that you have given us. Thank you for these, the generosity that you have birthed in us so that we raised over $2.4 million to dedicate to you, to dedicate to your work, your kingdom. We give you praise for that. Thank you that you brought us out of darkness into light. Thank you for giving us Jesus, our Redeemer, our Savior, our friend. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, our counselor. And Father, we think about people that are living right now in Strongsville, Brunswick, and beyond. They don't know this good news. They think money, power, accomplishments, relationships, all of that's going to fill the void in their hearts. It's going to heal the brokenness, and we know it won't work. Jesus, you're, you alone will heal. So I pray, Lord, as this campus is launched, that we would lift high Jesus Christ. That he would do what he does, draw men, women, boys, and girls to himself. 
and that lives would be changed, that brokenness would be healed, that the poor in spirit, spiritually, would have the gospel preached to them. And Lord, that you would be glorified in ways that you've never been glorified before in Strongsville and Brunswick. God, it's scary to go and do something like this. Is it going to work? <laughs> but Lord, we believe it's your call. And, and you are the one who's going to accomplish that work in us and through us and for us and with us. Apart from you, Lord Jesus, we could do nothing. And so right now we proudly proclaim, we are weak, but you are strong. We are foolish, but you are wise. We can't accomplish anything, but you can accomplish everything. And so we look to you to make happen what we can't do. Raise up a campus of CVC in that community that will be a light for generations to come. And Lord, it will be soli deo gloria there all over again. To God alone be the glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'd like to invite you to stand. We've expressed our gratitude through applause. We've expressed our gratitude through just um, prayer and through celebration. Let's also express our gratitude through song. Because of Christ and his death on the cross, we've been uh, restored back into relationship with the Lord. It's what we want for everybody. It's what we all need. And uh, it's what we hope happens in the next generation and the nations and our neighbors. So let's declare that through song. Let's just stay in this place for a minute. Let's just stay in this place for a minute. Would you just pray with me? Let's prepare to pray. I just want you to reflect on your life and how God has shown up and how he's been faithful to you and how he's been good to you. And we just take a minute and just thank him. We just say, Lord, I praise you for, and just right there where you're at, the quietness of your heart, we just thank him. Would you just praise him? God has not only been good to us as individuals, but he's been good to us as a church family, as a community. Some of you have been here for decades, some of you for days, maybe. Would you just take a minute? Just where you're at in that space, would you just praise God for the faithfulness you've seen him pour out on CVC? Just on behalf of our church family, just say thank you and praise God for where you're at, just in the moment where you're at. And we lift these prayers to our Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all said together, amen. You may be seated. God's good, is he not? So good to us. All the time. All the time. All the time. God is good. Well, I just want to share a, a, a brief message with you. Today's celebration-heavy message light, but it's a passage that's been on my mind uh, through the whole duration of Unleashed. And thinking about the day that I do get to stand before you and get to celebrate with you and what God has done. And so I keep going back to this passage. And I just want to invite you to this passage. And we're going to find ourselves in Joshua chapter 3. And we're going to start with verse 11. Joshua 3, 11. So turn there in your Bibles or your Bible apps and by the way, if, if you're here and you don't have a Bible, you don't own a Bible, uh, we'd love to give you one just as a gift. So on your way out, just outside these doors, you'll find some Bibles. We'd love to give you one. But as you're turning to Joshua chapter 3, I want to just uh, let you know where we're at historically. And, and remember, this is a historical account. This isn't myth. 
It's really happened. Archaeology backs it. Um, you know, uh, a lot of his history will show the evidence of this moment. But what we're seeing here is that God's people, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, had been in Egypt for many years as slaves. And God now was going to lead them out of Egypt through a man named Moses to a new place, a new land, Canaan. And so they left Egypt and they left that slavery and they left what they were really chained to, leashed to, if you will, and followed God's leader and God's directive to this new land. But along the way, God's people became disgruntled and they became ungrateful. And because of that, God then led them on a fun 40-year field trip in the wilderness. And they got to just wander and wander and wander amongst the rocks and the dirt and the sand and just uh, rare, rare times that they got to see water and food. And this is a whole experience through the book of Exodus. We see that. And so now here at this moment, what has happened is Moses has died. He's handed the baton of leadership on to his successor, Joshua. And now Joshua is being commanded of by the Lord to now enter into this land, this land of Canaan that God wanted them to go to. And so now they're about to go into this land, but there's a barrier and the barrier is the Jordan River. So now they're at the uh, edge of the Jordan River, and that barrier is there preventing them from going where God has them. And so we see what happens next. So that's the moment we merge into here historically in Joshua 3.11. God says, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over, what's the next word? Before. So the ark's going to go before. That's a key word. The ark is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, Therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priest bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing. And the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priest bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priest bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water. Now the Jordan overflows all its bank throughout the time of the harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a very heavy keep far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, and those flowing down toward the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea. They were completely cut off, and the people passed over opposite Jericho. Let's just pause there for a moment. And so what we see is uh, this large group of people, and by the way, a lot of times when you mentally envision the people of Israel wandering in the wilderness and leaving Egypt, heading for Canaan, I don't know what size you typically envision, you know, a few thousand or whatever, but historically they estimate this group was anywhere between one to three million people. This is a massive amount of people. And so they're trying to get over to this land, and now there's this river in the way, this river Jordan. And so when you look at a map about where this event happened, uh, this is really the understanding. It's right across from Jericho, just above the Dead Sea. And there's a, a range there. And uh, some of us were just there uh, recently. And so here's a picture that one of our study tour team members took of the Jordan River. Now, this is one of the popular sites in the Jordan River. And um, you'll see the Jordan River there, the murky water. And then uh, you'll see at the bottom of the screen uh, a destination spot on Israeli side. And this is a side where there's a lot of baptisms. You're, you're within visual range of where this crossing happened here at this location. And so now it's a destination spot. So some people get baptized on this side. But then across the river where you see that church and the other building is Jordan. 
And so there's people that come from the Jordanian side and also get baptized there in the Jordan. And so that's the spot. But you look at that little river and you think that, that's not really, like they probably could have just took rafts or made a little bridge or like that's not a big deal, right? But you have to remember the Jordan you see now is not the Jordan that the Israelites saw in this moment. Because for example, uh, right now this Jordan is being controlled by dams and you know, water manipulation up north by Galilee. Also, you think about the water usage coming out of Galilee and the Jordan. You know, uh, Joshua and his buddies, they weren't washing their clothes with dishwashers, right? They weren't running uh, showers and sinks and all the water that they use now. So there was a lot more volume of water coming down through the, the River Jordan. And on top of that, it says when they crossed, it was during the flood stage. So typically the Jordan at its normal flood rate or its normal flow rate would be about 100 feet across, they estimate. But at flood stage, when it rises with all the water coming down from the north, it could almost be a mile wide at different times. So we're talking about a massive obstacle to what God has for his people. But as we see, uh, they got into the water and they all crossed and, jo and God stopped the water. They crossed, got across to the other side. And then we pick up what we see here in chapter 4. In chapter 4, it says, When all the nation, that's a lot of people, had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take each of you a stone upon your shoulder, right? So this isn't like a fist-sized stone. This is a big rock. According to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. So when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And when it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. I just love this story. I love this moment in history where you had people that had to trust God and take a step of faith for something that he had for them. And so there's a lot of observations we can make in reading through this text. Here's a couple observations that stand out for me. One is this, the Lord goes first. The ark uh, symbolized the presence of the Lord. This is where God gave his presence. This is where God gave his glory. The Lord went first. The people were to follow the Lord in, in leading, not the Lord follow the people. See, the reason some of us, you know, God has something for you. God has a, a promised land, if you will. Maybe that's a life without addiction. Uh, maybe that's more faithfulness to, to living for the Lord. Maybe that's certain attitudes and habits or some particular missional effort that you have. Whatever it is God's calling you to, there's something there, but you're being held back or leashed to, you know, whatever's holding you down and has burdened you and keeping you from that. And you want to get out of where you're at and to go where God's called you. But the problem is a lot of us haven't let the Lord go first. What we do a lot of times is say, God, I want to do this thing. And then will you come along and follow me? Oh Lord, I want to do this thing, but uh, will you just bless it? And so we go make a mess and ask God to bless the mess. And we're like, you know, whatever. But here what we see is that the Lord went first. The ark touched the water first. So we're to follow the Lord's leading. The Lord doesn't follow our leading. That's where we get things knotted up, right? And so first observation, as you think about your life, as you think about whatever it is God's calling you to, are you letting the Lord lead you? Or are you asking the Lord to follow you? <laughs> and so step out with the Lord first. The second is you do have to take a step of faith. God's people made this step of faith. When did the Jordans 
stop running. When did the Jordan River stop running? The second the feet touched the what? Water. They had to take a step of faith. They didn't chuck the ark into the water and wait for God to like, you know, dry it up, right? They, they carried the ark to the water and they had to actually step. I mean, imagine the Jordan River flood stage, maybe a mile wide, big current, and God's like, just step in the water. You're like, what? You, you want me to do what? Those priests are like, dang, this is a bad day to be a priest, man. I wish I was like the guy back there. So those priests had to step into the water, and the second their feet touched the water, then the water started backing up 15 to 20 miles away, dried out that riverbed. But they had to take a step of faith. The reason some of you haven't seen God really show up is because you're still back on the bank. You just want God to do something, make it all safe for you, and then you'll trust. God, I'll trust you once it feels safe. God, I trust you once it looks safe. Instead of God saying, no, it's not going to look safe. It's not going to feel safe, but you're following me and take your step now and touch the water. And so a lot of us, as we try to get unleashed from whatever is preventing us from serving the Lord more, uh, we're not following the Lord. But then once the Lord's going before us, we're reluctant to follow. And we have to take the step of faith. And so I encourage you, as you process that, take that step of faith, but let the Lord lead. And then, then there were just a few other observations that I just personally enjoyed in connection to our Unleashed campaign uh, that I thought were kind of neat. One is God is engaging and using the next generation. Unfortunately, because of the grumbling and the disappointment, a whole generation died off in the wilderness. And now you have a whole new generation that's crossing over. That's why it's important to remember what the forefathers had experienced what your ancestors experienced. And so a whole new generation is taking on this new land. And, and that's our hearts connect, is that the next generation will follow Jesus faithfully. That all the kids and all the teenagers in this room will love Jesus with all their heart, and that they will follow Jesus, and they'll become disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples and reaching their friends. And so we so desperately want the next generation to be impacted in such a positive way to carry on the work of the Lord or whatever he has. We want that as moms and dads for our sons and daughters. You want that as grandparents for your grandkids. You want that as aunt and uncles for your nephews and nieces. You want that for your close friends who have little babies. Like we just want the next generation to carry it on. So when we think about what we've done through Unleashed designed to help impact the next generation, there's a connect there in my heart. That, that we want the next generation to take the land that maybe we won't be able to take one day. Also, we see here that God's people are now impacting other people groups. When God's people cross over the Jordan, enter into Canaan, these are new people groups. These are people that have certain cultures and backgrounds, and many of them, if not all of them, were anti-God. They were worshiping false idols. They were worshiping false gods. They were sacrificing their children to these statues and these false gods. They were, they were in strange sex cults and they were doing wacky things to try to worship these false gods. And so now the followers of the one true God enter their land and now these people groups have access to God. These people have access to this God who created everything and knows them and loves them. And so in the same way, as you get unleashed personally, as we get unleashed as a church, it's going to have an impact on other people groups, other nations that God's going to give us a heart for, Indonesia and beyond. And also you see here that God's people impacted a new place. This is a new location. This is where, this is where the temple is going to be built. This is where the tabernacle is going to be built. This is where the people of God were going to set up things to remember who God is. And so this, this land would never be the same because the people of God dwelt there. 
in the same way as we launch campuses, even though there's other churches there that we're praying and hoping continue to reach people for Christ, there's going to be new people, people that aren't going to be reached by every church that God's going to position our people close to. And we're going to go to a new place to make a difference for Christ in that new place. And so I love some of these heart connects that we see here. Also, an observation I think is kind of neat is what they did with these memorial stones. And that uh, as a testimony of what happened, you know, as that search and rescue mission that they're on to go get new people happens, they want to remember that God is the one that brought them to where they're at. And so they, they took those 12 stones and they made this, this testimonial monument kind of like a milestone of what God had done in his faithfulness so that when the next generations saw this pile of rocks, we're like, what's up with the pile of rocks, dad? <laughs> it's kind of weird. It gives him a talking point to talk about God's faithfulness, of who God is and what he's done. And so this, this, is, this is a powerful moment. I, I hope you have those in your house somehow. I don't know whether it's a scripture on the wall or something uh, unique in your home, something on a shelf, something that, that maybe when your kids, grandkids come over, the next generation come over, like, what's that? You can say, let me tell you about how faithful God is. Let me tell you who God is and, and how faithful he is. Well, interesting part about this element is I think it's a little bit prophetic. We might be fulfilling prophecy uh, from Joshua as a church because their Joshua led them across the Jordan and then set up stones. And we have our own Joshua stone. <laughs> Some of you are getting ready like, honey, get the keys. We got to go. Man, this, is, this church is getting wacky. No, it's, it's a joke. But it's kind of funny. A true story. Uh, our, our team was praying in Brunswick for about just where our campus would be and where God was taking us. And, and Josh Stone, our campus pastor, was sitting next to me. And um, we were praying. And I was praying out of this passage. And I was totally oblivious to how goofy it must have sounded. Because I was like, God, thank you for Josh. Thank you for Joshua. that he, he took courage and stepped forward. Thank you for the stones that he set up. And Josh is thinking, this is really cheesy and obvious and awkward. you know. And it didn't even dawn on me. Like, oh, but it's kind of a fun little tongue-in-cheek thing that's a, just a fun little thing to pray about. But but as we celebrate, as we look at this passage, I think there's obviously huge celebrations and implications for us as a church family, church body uh, that we're very excited about. But also look at your life. What, what is holding you back? What do you need to be unleashed from to serve God more faithfully? Are you going to let God lead you? Are you going to take that step of faith and follow him? Because God has something for you he wants you to do. And so we celebrate what God has and is and is going to do here through Cuyahoga Valley Church and those of us who call this place home. And also we want to celebrate what God's doing in your life. And for some of you, really what's, what's, what's tethering you to missing out on God is you don't know Christ personally. And so our hope is that you would continue to learn about Jesus and that you would learn about this God who loves you. You'd understand your sin is a barrier. The Jordan River is not your barrier. Sin is a barrier. But see, Jesus died on the cross and raised from the grave, and that just parted the waves for you, dried up the riverbed so you could have access to God. But you've got to take that step of faith and trust and believe in Jesus. And we hope you do that today. And if you do that, you can let us know by marking that in your response card and turning it in today at some point. But what I want to do is I want to, I want to move. I just, want to, I just want to take some time and pray. And so can we just pray again, just thank God for what he's done. But also, um, we're going to receive our offering here in a little bit. Now, after that, uh, we're going to have a special moment as a church. We're going to invite the missionary core team up from the campus, and we're going to commission them and pray for them. We're going to see them in a minute. But right now, let's just pray. Let's worship, and let's give God our attention right now. Father, we thank you for this passage. 
We thank you for all the passages that continue just to brag on you and glorify you, Lord. Thank you that we get a chance to, to see history, read history, Lord. And God, in the good sense, wanting to repeat history, that we trust you. And God, we all had an Egypt. We all have a wilderness. We all have a Canaan that you're calling us to. We all have a Jordan River that's something very difficult to pass. Lord, just like the Israelites, we can't cross the Jordan without you. You have to take care of it. And we're so grateful you did so on the cross with Jesus. And as we come to all other obstacles since then, Lord, may we just continue to let you go first and to trust you and take that step of faith. And God, we thank you for this campaign unleashed. We thank you for the debt being eliminated. We thank you for the faithfulness of your people. And God, as we prepare to receive our gifts, Lord, we know that some give online, some do auto stuff. But Lord, for this moment, uh, we dedicate all those funds to you and to your glory. God, let this be a demonstration of our dependence on you, that we absolutely depend on you. And let it be our continued investment in what you're doing in your kingdom, and what you're doing through the leadership and the people of CVC. So we both thank you and commit this to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we all said together, Uh, you can uh, stay standing because we're going to be here for a minute. So, um, hey, we're about to do a long child dedication. <laughs> a lot of kids up here. We'll be here all day. Uh, this is a very brave group of people uh, that referred to as the missionary core team for the campus. So, Josh, why don't you tell us who these people are and what they're going to be doing? Yeah, so this is our missionary core team for the Strongsville campus. And these are the people who said, hey, we are all in on the campus. We want to be part of leading. We want to be a part of sculpting the ministry of CVC as we extend into Strongsville. So these are folks who are all in. We're meeting together. We're planning, preparing, and moving forward to see how God's going to invite more people to new life in Christ through this campus. So yeah, these are, they're all in. Awesome. And then in a couple months, we're going to be finding, yeah. In a, couple, in a couple months, these folks will be talking to some of you who live in Strongsville and the surrounding communities about, hey, can you be part of what God is going to do through our campus? So, Very exciting times. And this group of people, and there's anticipation, there's probably some fear, there's sacrifice, but we know that God's going to use them. So when you study scriptures, especially in the book of Acts, you see a practice where leaders would place their hands on uh, groups of people and commission them to send them. And so we want to do that. So I'm going to invite up all the elders that are in the room, uh, any staff, pastoral staff, especially in the room, just to kind of come up and surround or come up here on the platform. You guys can stay here. And uh, we're going to commission them. Some of you are like, oh, I want a commission. Good, you are. Uh, we invite you to just put your hands out, all right? You might not be able to touch them, but this is your way of saying, I, I support I encourage, I identify what's happening, and we're going to pray for the Missionary Corps team and commission them to go into Strongsville and Brunswick and the surrounding areas. So staff, elders coming up, jump around us. Uh, would you join us in prayer, please? You can lift out your hands right now. That'd be great. Well, Father, thank you so much for these men and women. And God, uh, what a great visual picture that your kingdom keeps growing and your kingdom keeps advancing. And Lord, you continue to raise up young men and young women to be used by you, Father. And we're so grateful for each and every one. God, uh, the amount of gifts that are represented on this platform right now. Lord, the amount of anticipation for what you can do in and through these people right now, Father, is huge. 
And so, God, uh, we send them. We support them, Father. As they go into Strongsville and the surrounding area, we pray that you would use them mightily, Lord. Use their gifts that you've given them. Use the opportunities they have to interact with people in the communities. Again, we pray that people will come to Christ even before that first church service happens. Pray that we'll see baptisms, Lord, even before the very first note of the very first worship set of the campuses first Sunday. And God, may you use this team in unity. May they step out in trust and continue to see you show up as they step out bravely, courageously to be used by you. God, use them at a great capacity to impact the world. And in this specific region, Strongsville and Brunswick and the surrounding areas with the gospel so that people can have new life in Christ. With the heart of unity and a declaration of trust of our Savior Jesus Christ, we pray this and all of us said together, Amen. Give these folks a hand. Praise the God for them. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Stay standing. Uh, we got a phenomenal song just to worship out of uh, because there's going to be obstacles, not the Jordan, but there'll be other obstacles, but God will make a way through those obstacles. So let's continue to worship.